Eliseus. The story of Eliseus is told in the fourth book of Kings. As we have seen, he was chosen at the command of God by Elias, who called him from his farm work when he was driving the, ox, uh, the, the yoke of oxen. Thereupon, immediately, he, a, uh, he killed the oxen and cooked them over the yoke which he was driving and shared them with his parents before leaving, thus demonstrating his complete break with the life of the past. Then he followed faithfully Elias and followed him right to the end, even when Elias had suggested on several occasions that he be left alone uh, to go forward to uh, what was to be not his death, but his uh, miraculous uh, being taken up into heaven, that uh, Eliseus refused to part with him and witnessed the miracle and received his double spirit, that's to say, became a, his firstborn in the, in the uh, prophetical office. This notion of being a firstborn in the prophetical office uh, it might seem strange. We should uh, bear in mind that the prophets had many disciples and that these were known as the sons of the prophets, sometimes they lived in guilds and uh, lived in community and were under the direction of the holy men, uh, the prophets. And during this period of history, these sons of the prophets uh, come to the fore. So, as the, uh, Elias was taken up to heaven, and as the, uh, the uh, sons of the prophets were looking on from a distance, saw the mantle fall, saw it taken up by Eliseus, who was able to divide the waters of the Jordan with it, uh, they became convinced that Eliseus was indeed the successor of Elias. So the sons of the prophets of Jericho who had seen the miracle, were assured that the spirit of Elias had rested upon Eliseus, and coming to meet him, they prostrated themselves before him. And they said to him, Behold, there are with thy servants fifty strong men that can go and seek thy master, lest perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him upon some mountains or in some valley. They weren't quite sure exactly where Elias had been taken to. Eliseus at first forbade them to send, but at their repeated request he allowed them to do so. And they sent fifty men, and they sought him three days, and they found him not. The men of Jericho, where Eliseus now, Eliseus now rested, came to him to beg of him to heal the waters of a spring which was unfit for use, and restore fertility to the land. And Eliseus said, Bring me a new vessel and put salt into it. And when they had brought it, they went out to the spring of the waters and cast the salt into it and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters, and there shall be no more in them death or barrenness. And the waters were healed until this very day. 
And as Eliseus went up from thence to Bethel, a number of boys came out of the city and mocked him, saying, Go up, thou bald head, go up, thou bald head. And looking back, he saw them and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came two bears out of the wood and tore them, two and forty boys, to pieces. This strange incident would seem to be included for us to consider the holiness of God's prophets and how they are not to be mocked. And rather like the Ark of the Covenant representing God's presence as Oza was struck for touching it, so were these boys destroyed for mocking the prophet of God. For in other places throughout the life of Eliseus we see a gentleness and a readiness to, to do good even to the smallest details of life. From thence he went to Mount Carmel and from thence he returned to Samaria. And Joram, the son of Achab, reigned over Israel in Samaria in the 18th year of Josephat, the king of Judah, and he reigned 12 years. And he did evil before the Lord, but not like his father and his mother, for he took away the statues of Baal which his father had made. Nevertheless, he stuck to the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who had made Israel to sin, and nor did he depart from them. Now Misha, the king of Moab, nourished many sheep, and he paid to the king of Israel a hundred thousand lambs and a hundred thousand rams with their fleeces. And when Achab was dead, he broke the league which he had made with the king of Israel. And King Joram went out that day from Samaria and mustered all Israel. And he sent to Josephat, the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab is revolted from me. Come with me against him to battle. And he answered, I will come up. He that, is my, he that is mine is thine, my people thy people, and my horses thy horses. And he said, Which way shall we go up? And he answered, By the desert of Edom. So the king of Israel and the king of Judah and the king of Edom went, and they fetched a compass of seven days' journey. And there was no water for the army and for the beasts that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, alas, alas! The Lord hath gathered us three kings together to deliver us into the hands of Moab. And Joseph had said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord, that we may beseech the Lord by him? And one of the servants of the king of Israel answered, Here is Eliseus the son of Saphat, who poured water on the hands of Elias. And Joseph had said, The word of the Lord is with him. And the king of Israel and Joseph had king of Judah and the king of Edom went down to him. And Eliseus said to the king of Israel, What have I got to do with thee? Go to the prophets of thy father and thy mother. And the king of Israel said to him, Why hath the Lord gathered together these three kings to deliver them into the hands of Moab? And Eliseus said to him, As the Lord of hosts liveth, in whose sight I stand, if I did not reverence the face of Joseph at king of Judah, I would not have hearkened to thee, nor looked on thee. But now bring me hither a minstrel. And when the minstrel played, the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make the channel of this torrent full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, You shall not see wind nor rain, and yet this channel shall be filled with waters, and you shall drink, you and your families and your beasts. And this is a small thing in the sight of the Lord. Moreover, he will deliver also Moab into your hands. And you shall destroy every fenced city and every choice city, and shall cut down every fruitful tree and shall stop up all the springs of waters, and every goodly field you shall cover with stones. 
And it came to pass in the morning, when the sacrifices used to be offered, that, behold, water came out by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. And the Moabites, hearing that the kings were come up to fight against them, gathered together all that were gathered with a belt upon them, and stood in the borders. And they rose early in the morning, and the sun being now up, and shining upon the waters, the Moabites saw the waters over against them, red like blood. And they said, It is the blood of the sword. The kings have fought among themselves, and they have killed one another. Go now, Moab, to the spoils. And they went into the camp of Israel. But Israel, rising up, defeated Moab, and f who fled before them. And they, being conquerors, went and smote Moab. And they destroyed the cities, and they filled every goodly field, every man casting his stone. And they stopped up all the springs of waters, and cut down all the trees that bore fruit, so that brick walls only remained, and the city was beset by the slingers, and a great part thereof was destroyed. And when the king of Moab saw this, to wit, the enemies had prevailed, he took with him seven hundred men, and drew the sword, to break in upon the king of Edom, but they could not. Then he took his eldest son, that should have reigned in his stead, and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was great indignation in Israel, and presently they departed from him, and returned into their own country. Now a certain woman of the wife of the prophets cried to Eliseo, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and behold, the creditor is come to take away my two sons to serve him. And Eliseo said to her, What wilt thou have me do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she answered, I, thy handmaid, have nothing in my house but a little oil to anoint me. And he said to her, Go, borrow of all thy neighbours empty vessels, not a few, and go in and shut thy door, when thou art within with thy sons, and pour out thereof into all those vessels. And when she had done so, she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy creditor, and thy and thy sons shall live of the rest. There was a day when Eliseus passed by Sunam. Now there was a woman there who detained him to eat bread. And as he often passed that way, she said to her husband, I perceive that this is a holy man of God who often passeth by us. Let us therefore make him a little chamber, and put a little bed in it for him, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and when he cometh to us, he may abide there. In return for these charitable services, the prophet bade his servant Gehazi to ask her if he could procure her any favour from the king. She answered, None. What then can I do for her? replied the man of God. Do not ask, said Gehazi, for she has no son. She shall have a son, answered Eliseus, and his word was fulfilled. The boy grew, and one day accompanied by his father to the field with the reapers, the rays of sun struck upon his head, and he complained of a pain thereon. He was sent home, and at noon he died upon his mother's knees. She then took the dead body and placed it upon the bed of the man of God, and at once sent out for, set out for Mount Carmel, where the prophet then dwelt. On reaching his dwelling, she fell at his feet, and made known her grief. Eliseus bade Gehazi, his servant, to go to her house, and lay his staff on the face of the child. Gehazi did as he was told. 
But not having the faith of his master, nor the virtues requisite for so great a work, the child still remained dead. The prophet therefore went in person to the woman's house, and going to the room wherein the boy lay, he prayed fervently to God. Then he stretched himself, in imitation of Elias, at full length upon the body of the child, and restored him to his mother. And, and Eliseus returned to Galgal. And there was a famine in the land, and the sons of the prophet dwelt before him. And he said to one of his servants, Set on the great pot, and boil pottage for the sons of the prophets. And one went out into the field to gather wild herbs, and he found something like a wild vine, and gathered of it wild gourds of the field, and filled his mantle. And coming back, he shred them into the pot of pottage, for he knew not what it was. And they poured it out for their companions to eat. And when they had tasted of the pottage, they cried out, saying, Death is in the pot, O man of God. And they could not eat thereof. But he said, Bring some meal. And when they had brought it, he cast it into the pot, and said, Pour out for the people, that they may eat. And there was now no bitterness in the pot. And a certain man came from Balzazia, bringing to the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley, and new corn in his scrip. And he said, Give to the people that they may eat. But his servant answered him, How much is this, that I should set it before a hundred men? And he said, Give to the people, that they may eat. For thus saith the Lord, They shall eat, and there shall be left. So he set it before them, and they ate. And they was left according to the word of the Lord. So we see in these miracles uh, already imitations of our blessed Lord. The multiplication of bread, which was to be performed by our blessed Lord later. And in the giving of, the, of life uh, to the son of the Sumanite, we can see uh, how Eliseus, like our blessed Lord, gives life, and not only gives life, but restores it after death. And in the manner of the restoration of that life, that St. Augustine sees a great mystery in this miracle, by the staff which he sent by his servant Gehazi, St. Augustine sees figured the rod of Moses of the old law, which was not sufficient to bring mankind back to life when dead in sin. It was necessary that Christ himself should come, and by taking on human nature become flesh of our flesh and restore us to life. And in thus... Uh, Eliseus, likewise, uh, is a figure of Christ. And now we come on to another, another beautiful figure uh, of Christ uh, in the story of Naaman the Syrian. Benadad, the king of Syria, had a valiant general called Naaman, of whom he was very fond. He was a rich and honourable man, but unfortunately he was a leper. It so happened that Naaman's wife had a young Israelite maid who had been taken captive some time before, and she said to her mistress, I wish my master had been with the prophet that is in Samaria. He would certainly have healed him of the leprosy which he hath. And Naaman went in to his lord and told him, saying, Thus and thus said the girl from the land of Israel. 
And the king of Syria said to him, Go, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment, and brought the letter to the king of Israel in these words. When thou shalt receive this letter, know that I have sent to thee Naaman my servant, that thou mayest heal him of his leprosy. And when the king of Israel had read the letter, he rent his garments and said, Am I God to be able to kill and give life that this man has sent to me to heal a man of his leprosy? And when Eliseus, the man of God, had heard of this, he sent to the king, saying, Why hast thou rent thy garments? Let him come to me, and let him know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots, and stood at the door of the house of Eliseus. And Eliseus sent a message to him, saying, Go and wash seven times in the Jordan, and thy flesh shall recover health, and thou shalt be clean. Naaman was angry, and went away, saying, I thought it would have come out to me, and standing would have invoked the name of the Lord his God, and touched with his hand the place of the leprosy, and healed me. Are not the Abana and the Farfar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel, that I may wash in them, and be made clean? However, at the entreaty of his servants, he at length did as the prophet had told him, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And returning to the man of God with all his train, he came and stood before him and said, In truth, I know that there is no other God in all the earth but only in Israel. I beseech thee therefore take a present of thy servant. But Eliseus answered, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive none. And when he pressed him, he still refused. Now Gehazi, the servant of Eliseus, seeing that his master would accept no gift, ran after Naaman to obtain something for himself. When Naaman found he was coming, he stopped his chariot and got down to meet him. Gehazi now falsely told Naaman that his master had sent him for a talent of silver and two changes of garments for two young men of the sons of the prophets, who, he said, had just arrived from Mount Ephraim. And Naaman said, it is better that thou take two talents. And he bound two talents of silver in two bags and two changes of garments and laid them upon two of his servants and they carried them before him. When they arrived at the house, Gehazi sent the men away and having hidden the silver and the clothes, he went into his master. And Eliseus said, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? He answered, Thy servant went no other. But he said, was not my heart present when the man turned back from his chariot to meet thee? So now thou hast received money and received garments to buy olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maidservants. But the leprosy of Naaman shall also stick to thee and thy seed for ever. And Gehazi went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. This story has many. Uh, many lessons for us in the person of Naaman of course we see the proud man the man who although struck with leprosy he uh, nevertheless is conscious of his greatness he only goes to Israel with the letters of recommendation from his king he goes with immense wealth so that anticipating his cure he will be able to pay for it 
with the uh, with the great gifts, so that he need not feel a, any any obligation or feel in any way inferior. We can see in all of this that he his pride is nevertheless mitigated and he listens to his servants. It's through the servant girl that he even hears about the prophet and it's through his servants that he actually, in spite of the humiliation of Eliseus not even coming out to meet him, not performing any dramatic gesture or any great miracle, but rather telling him to go and uh, to go and to, and, and to wash in the river, that his servants remind him that if Eliseus had in fact asked him to perform some great and mighty work, he would willingly have done it. Therefore, why he, will he not simply go and bathe in the uh, bathe in the river as he had been asked? to go, to bathe in the, in the Jordan seven times. And, uh, and because his humility overcomes his pride, then indeed is he cured. And of course we can see in this leprosy a figure of sin, and our Lord uh, of course cured, uh, the le uh, cured the leprosy of the body and cured the leprosy of sin. And also we can see a, a figure of the Jews and the Gentiles, that in Naaman the pagan, who humbly submits to the voice of God, shown through his prophets, is cured of his leprosy, is cured of his sin. But Gehazi, who represents the, uh, the, the Jewish people, a, uh, seeking a, uh, rather a, the things of this world, seeking an earthly kingdom rather than the heavenly kingdom, ultimately uh, become rejected and uh, the leprosy passes on to them. Now the sons of the prophets said to Eliseus, Behold, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go as far as the Jordan, and take out of the wood every man a piece of timber, that we may build us there a place to dwell in. And he said, Go. And one of them said, But come thou also with thy servants. He answered, I will come. So he went with them. And when they were come to the Jordan, they cut down wood. And it happened, as one was felling some timber, that the head of the axe fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, 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 my Lord, for this same was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. Then he cut off a piece of wood and cast it thither, and the iron swam. And he said, Take it up. And he put out his hand and took it. Here we have a demonstration of the, of the beautiful consideration of uh, Eliseus even down to the smallest details of life. And the king of Syria made war against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place let us lay ambushes. And Eliseus sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for the Syrians are there in ambush. 
And the king of Israel went to the place which the man of God had told him and warned him of, and looked well to himself. And there, not once, nor twice. And the heart of the king of Syria was troubled for this thing, and calling together his servants, he said, Why do you not tell me who it is that betrays me to the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, No one, my lord, O king, but Eliseus the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel all the words that thou speakest. And he said to them, Go and see where he is, that I may send and take him. And they told him that he was in Dothan. He thereupon dispatched a strong body of troops to invest Dothan. And when the prophet's servant went out early in the morning, he found the city surrounded by armed men. The sight terrified him. But the prophet bade him take courage, for, said he, there are more with us than with them. And the Lord opened the eyes of the servant, and he beheld the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire round about Eliseus. The enemy now advanced, but the prayer of Eliseus, they were all struck with blindness, and following the prophet's voice, he led them all into the city of Samaria. When they recovered their sight, they found themselves at the mercy of the Israelites. Joram, the king of Israel, would have had them put to death, but Eliseus interceded for them, and after giving them food, they were set at liberty and no longer troubled the land. And it came to pass that Beninadad, the king of Syria, gathered together all his army and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and, uh, and the greatest distress prevailed in the city, so much so that two mothers agreed to buy their, boil their children for food. One actually did so, and the other concealed her son to save him from such a terrible fate. When the king heard of it, he was so shocked that he rent his garments and determined to put Eliseus to death, for he believed that had the prophet prayed to God, such a state of things would not have come to pass. Joram sent a messenger to behead Eliseus, but he, knowing in spirit, what the king had done, ordered the messenger to be detained on his arrival, for he knew that Joram was following him. The king appeared, and in his desperation he exclaimed, This evil is from the Lord. What more shall I look for from the Lord? But Eliseus immediately replied, Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time a bushel of fine flour shall be sold for a stator, and two bushels of barley for a stator in the gate of Samaria. Then one of the officers said such a thing was possible. It was impossible, even if the Lord made floodgates in heaven. And Eliseus said, Thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. That same night God caused a noise, as of chariots and horses, to sound in the ears of the Syrians, who, supposing that the Hittites and Egyptians were coming in aid of Samaria, fled for their lives, leaving everything that they had in the camp. And four lepers who resided near the gate of Samaria, seeing no prospect of an end being put to the siege, thought it better to trust themselves to the enemy and to their mercy rather than remain to perish of hunger in the city. They thus went over to the Syrian camp, and to their great surprise they find it abandoned. The stores that the Syrians left were then brought into the city, and flour and barley were sold at the very price that Eliseus had stated. The officer who had disbelieved the prophet's predictions was placed at the gate of the city by order of the king, 
and was trodden to death by the mass of excited people. And thus, though he saw the food, he did not eat of it, as the prophet had foretold. Eliseus came to Damascus, and Benadad, the king of Syria, was sick. And they told him, saying, The man of God has come hither. And the king sent Hazael with presents to meet the prophet, and to ask if Benadad would recover from his illness. Eliseus told Hazel that the king's disease was curable, but that the king would nevertheless die. Hazael went back to the king and told him that Eliseus said that he would recover. The next day, Benadad was found suffocated with a wet blanket spread over his face, and Hazel, his murderer, reigned in his stead. And Eliseus called one of the prophets, one of the sons of the prophets, and said to him, Get up thy loins, and take this little bottle of oil, and go to Ram of Galad. And when thou art come hither, thou shalt see Jehu the son of Josaphat, and going in, thou shalt make him rise up from amongst his brethren, and take him into an inner chamber. Then, taking the little bottle of oil, thou shalt pour it on his head, and thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king of Israel, and thou shalt open the door and flee, and shalt not stay there. So the young man and the servant of the prophet went to Jehu at Ram of Galad, and anointed him king of Israel, ordering him at the same time to utterly destroy the family of Achab, and adding that the dogs should eat Jezebel in the field of Jezreel. Thus did Eliseus uh, fulfil the command which God had given to his predecessor Elias that Jehu was to be anointed the king of Israel and also that the dogs would lick the blood of Jezebel at the field of Jezreel. Jehu then told his officers what had happened to him and they at once proclaimed him king. He ordered that no one should leave the city but he set out himself with a small escort to Jezreel, where Joram lay sick, and Ochazias, the king of Judah, had come to visit him. Hearing of his approach, the two kings went out to meet him and to inquire the reason of his coming. When they met, Jehu upbraided Joram with his sins, and then shot him dead with an arrow. His body was thrown into the field of Naboth by Jehu's captain. Ochazias at once took flight, and was overtaken and wounded at Geva, and he fled to Megiddo and died there. And Jehu came to Jezreel. And Jezebel, hearing of this, painted her face and adorned her head and looked out of her window at Jehu and said, Can there be peace for Zambri, who hath killed his master? Jehu looked up, and seeing two or three eunuchs beside her, he bade them throw her out. They did so, and the walls were sprinkled with her blood, and the hoofs of the horses trod upon her. Afterwards, he commanded the servants to bury her, as she was a king's daughter. But they found that the dogs had eaten her, and that nothing remained but her skull and her feet, and the extremities of her hands. And thus the prophecy of Elias was literally fulfilled. And Achab had seventy sons in Samaria, in the care of the chief men of the city, to whom Jehu sent written letters bidding them choose one to make him king in the place of his father. The ancients, seeing that it was impossible to oppose Jehu, refused to make a king of the race of Achab, 
and express their willingness to obey Jehu. He now bade them bring all the heads of the sons of Achab within twenty-four hours. The sons of Achab were all put to death, and their heads were piled up in two great heaps by the gate of Jezreel. Jehu then put to death all that were left of the house of Achab in Jezreel, together with all his chief men, friends and priests. After this, Jehu proclaimed a great festival in honour of Baal. He said, Achab worshipped Baal a little, but I will worship him more. However, Jehu did this craftily, that he might destroy the worshippers of Baal. When all the priests and the prophets had assembled from all parts of the country, so that the great temple which Achab had built to Baal in Samaria was filled from end to end, Jehu sent in a party of soldiers who put the whole of the unarmed assembly to death. He then broke the statue to pieces and utterly destroyed the temple. The reign of Jehu was not a peaceful one. Hazael, the king of Syria, took from him that part of his kingdom which lay to the east of the Jordan, including Galahad and the tribes of Gad, Reuben and Manasseh. After a reign of 28 years, he died and was buried in Samaria. Now, after this, Eliseus was sick of the illness whereof he died. And Joas, the king of Israel, went down to him and wept before him and said, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the guide thereof. And Eliseus said to him, Bring a bow and arrows. And when he had brought him a bow and arrows, he said to the king, Put thy hand upon the bow and shoot arrows out of the window towards the east. The king shot three arrows and then stayed. Whereupon Eliseus rebuked him, saying that he should have shot six or seven, and then he would have totally destroyed Syria. But as he had shot but three, he should smite Syria three times, but not more. This was the last prophecy of Eliseus, who soon after died and was buried. And the rovers from Moab came into the land the same year, and some that were burying a man saw the rovers, and cast the body into the sepulchre of Eliseus. And when it had touched the bones of Eliseus, the man came to life and stood upon his feet. So finally, by bringing about the resurrection of the dead through the bones of the, uh, through, through the bones of uh, Eliseus, he, uh, we see a figure of our blessed Lord who through his death he brought us to life.